and uh, I'm sure all of you have plans after church, so I'm going to try to get us out here early this morning. Um, at the beginning of every year, I kind of sit down and uh, write my vision and goals that God's placed in, in my heart, and I keep it in my wallet. In fact, my George Costanza wallet, as Pastor says, <laughs> since it's still a big. I keep it right here so you know I'm not lying, my goals and visions, all right? I write them all down, I stick in my wall, and I make sure that I read them throughout the year because it's really important. It talks about that in the Bible, right? This is to make sure you write down your vision so, you know, so big that you can see them while running. The idea is, is that you continually put it into your heart. And so as I do that, though, I always ask God, I'm like, it, give me just either a scripture or a word or a thought that can, you know, for this coming year. And uh, as I was trying to prepare for this message, and I actually had a different message in mind, um, but Wednesday morning, I kind of felt like God was just telling me to share with you guys this morning on what he's been placing in my heart. And I normally don't share this with a lot of people and usually only share with a select few um, that encourage me on a daily basis. But when God kept pressing this on my heart, I really didn't, uh, I guess, have a choice because the other message wasn't working out, obviously, <laughs> as uh, I was trying to get it ready. Um, but the, God, the thought that God placed in my heart at the beginning of the year was from here to there. And I know it may not sound like a, a big deal or sound like much, but it hit me at the moment based upon the things that were going on in my life. Some of us uh, do not even know where there is due to sometimes lack of vision. And I, I kind of did this message based upon the fact that, you know, Pastor Charlie just got done talking about uh, people of faith. And then the last two weeks he's been talking about vision. So I wanted to talk to kind of finish this out. And even as Pastor talked about that in the last two weeks, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there's no vision, people perish, right? However, we look at some of the great men of God, and even though God spoke to them and gave them vision, they questioned how they were going to get there, okay? Moses questioned God multiple times if he was the right man to go and free the Israelites. In Exodus chapter 4, he says, They will not believe me. I'm not eloquent with words, and I'm slow of speech. In Genesis chapter 17, Abraham falls on his face and actually laughs after he was told that a son would be born to him even though he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old. Or we can even go to the New Testament where Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus in chapter 3 and saying that a man cannot see the kingdom of God unless, unless he is born again. And Nicodemus responds with, how can a man enter a, a, the mother's womb again and be born again? Sometimes we lose sight of, of how to get there. Sometimes we have these great visions or these things that God's placed in our heart or things that you've probably even wrote down yourselves, whether it be for, your, for yourself or for your family or for your work, for all these different things. And the problem is, is that sometimes we get stuck here and we don't get to there. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning is this, how do we get from where we are now to where God's called us to be? Maybe the vision that he's given you. And I know I'm not the only one that's been through this, right? I think we've all been through this at some time or another in our lives. I think we've all been where we question how do we get from here, where we are now to where God's calling us to be. Some of us this morning feel like God has spoken to us and then our life took a completely different turn. This message is also for you that believe your life is not going the way maybe God has planned it or even you have planned it. You may even feel like you're going the wrong direction. You may feel like you're going backwards. It happens. We feel that way sometimes, don't we? You may even feel like you're ready to check out emotionally. 
maybe spiritually, maybe even relationally. You feel like you had a plan for your life and now you feel like you're going backwards in life. This morning we're going to spend most of our time in Genesis and we're going to talk about Joseph. Now most of us have heard the story of Joseph, right? Most of us heard the, the, you guys all know what I'm talking about, the the beautiful coat, colorful coat. And of course most of us know the story that when Joseph was there, here he was, uh, one of the youngest at that time. And his father favored him. Whether it be right or wrong, that's what happened. His father favored him and made him this beautiful, colorful coat. And his brothers hated him for it. They hated him for it. And if we go into uh, Genesis chapter 37, we'll start there, verses 5 through 10. It says, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. First mistake, by the way. And they hated him even more. So that means they already hated him already, right? And now he's coming to tell them the stream, and he, they even hate him even more now. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams, for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. Second mistake. And said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come uh, come and bow down to earth before you? First thing is, is that obviously in, in situations like this, Sometimes we bring it upon ourselves, right? I can tell you now if my brother came and said that to me, mostly my younger brother, he would have been feeling some pain Uh, because that's what big brothers do, right? So, you know, that was probably one of the first mistakes is is, is who, you know, who he was sharing it with and making sure that even after they were upset the first time, I'm going to go ahead and tell him the second dream too, um, which caused not only his brothers to hate him even more, but even his, his father, to rebuke him, the one who loved him even most. And I can only imagine the faces as uh, Joseph is telling them about this dream. But here's the thing is to get from here to there, we must, number one, never give up even if people don't support you. Even if people don't support you. In verse 8, when he first shared his dream, it says, the brothers mocked him and hated him even more. You would have thought Joseph would have learned from that. But then he just had to share the second dream as well. And even his father rebuked him, saying, Do you really think your mother, your brothers, and I will bow down before you? How many of you have been in that boat where you're excited about something God has shared with you and you share with others and they don't have that same excitement as you do? Yeah. I think, I think most of us would say that. And let me be honest with you this morning. Sometimes the word that God has given you is not meant to be shared with everybody. Okay. Guess what? Not everybody is going to be excited for you. In verse 8 it says, his brothers even envied him. They envied him. And hear me this morning, sometimes the vision God has given you, it has to be protected. I do believe in sharing your vision with others. However, you need to share with people who are encouragers and life givers, not life takers. And that's really important is, is even though you, you can't give up when people don't support you, it's important, though, that we protect the thing that, that God's given us. 
This is one of the quickest ways for us to stop in our tracks of where we're trying to get to, where God's calling us to, because it's like, well, look at this. My brothers hate me. My father's rebuked me, the one who loves me the most. And sometimes we just need to protect what we have. And like I said, I'm not saying we don't share our vision with others. I think that's very important as well. However, you have to be careful on who you share it with. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 18 through 20, It says, Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. That's what the enemy loves to do. The enemy comes, it says in the word, to come to kill, steal, and destroy. That doesn't always mean, even in a spiritual sense, even in this situation, it meant in a physical sense. That's what the enemy wanted to do. Okay, because the enemy knew that there was something special for this, realistically, a child. He was 17 years old at this point. 17 years old, he's a child, and the enemy knows that there's something special for him. So the brothers, they plan to kill him, and luckily one of his brothers says, let's not kill him, let's just throw him into a pit, and let's leave him there. And if we go to verse 24, It says, Then they took him and cast him in a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And in verse 28, it says, Then Mennonite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. The thing is, you can't give up on God's vision for your life when others don't support you. If you're getting negative feedback or rejection... And the truth is, is some of us have been exhausted from rejection. Some of you feel that nobody believes in us because of the rejection. Guess what? Even Jesus went through this. Even Jesus went through this with his own family. If you look at Mark chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, they're pretty much saying, they're like, you know what, I know he says he's the Messiah, but don't worry, don't really listen to him. And it says in Mark, right after that, Mark 6, 3 through 4, says, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James? Joseph, uh, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Realistically, they're saying, he's just, he's just a guy. He's got a mom. He's got a dad. He's got brothers. He's got sisters that are here with us. So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives in his own house. It actually talks in the word that he, was, he wasn't able to do a lot of miracles in his, own, in his own town. Because people there, they were like, It's just Jesus. He's just the son of Mary and Joseph. Even people in his own town didn't support him. So it's not just us. Sometimes, you know, we receive massive rejection and it just shuts us down from where God's calling us to go to. And hearing this morning, some of us are not getting to where God has called us to because we've allowed others to decide our future. That's really what it comes down to. We've allowed others to decide where we're meant to be. Our youth just came back from Dallas last night, and we're excited to have them back. But I'm excited to hear the things that are going on, just even listening. Yeah, we can can do that. Why not? (laughs) But I'm excited to hear the things that God was speaking to them. Just even listening to my daughter, who was like, I couldn't get her to just be quiet. You know, I was like, okay, it's time to go to bed because I wanted to go to bed. You know, 
And I couldn't get her to be quiet, but I was excited to hear those things. And sometimes, don't you wish that we could get to that mentality again? Of how excited we get when God gives us something? And the thing is, is that most of the time as we're getting older, we've now allowed others to tell us where our future is meant to be. How messed up is that? As we get older, we're actually allowing that to happen. When we're younger, it's like somebody tells you, you can't do that, watch me. That's the mentality. You know, even as we were, as we, st- we stopped at McDonald's um, yesterday, uh, before it, on our way back from Minneapolis, and, uh, you know, they, they were joking around with Caleb, and, Caleb, you know, there was this window there that looked like a drive through window. So, you know, Caleb, everybody's betting him to open up the door and say, welcome to McDonald's, what can I get you? And it, They have no fear. That's a good thing. Okay? It's a good thing. It's a good thing not to have fear. It's a good thing that realistically we're not allowing others to decide our fate. Not allowing others to decide our future. And Joseph, he was literally put into human slavery by his own family. Most of us would look at that as human trafficking even today. Which brings me to number two. Number two is never give up even when struggles come along. Part of our job as pastors, Pastor Charlie and I, is to help you navigate this Christian life. And I'm going to give you a little secret this morning. When you get a dream, vision, or a plan from God, it usually doesn't go from point A to point B in a straight line. That's the little secret, as if you guys didn't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't go from point A to point B without struggles. And it's not because God put those struggles there. Sometimes I think we get that mindset. This is like, God, why are you doing this to me? God didn't do it. Okay? God didn't put those there. Sometimes we feel like it zigs and zags and feels like we're even going backwards at times. I'm going to share with you seven struggles that Joseph went through in his life. I don't have time to read all the scriptures but I challenge you to read this at home during your time at Word, and I highly recommend reading the entire story of Joseph. It's one of the most amazing stories you'll ever read. Okay, I, th- I, don't, I think a lot of us, we don't go to Genesis very often because it's like, oh, it's just the Old Testament. There's a lot of great stuff in Genesis. Joseph, he was misunderstood by his family. He was sold into slavery to Potiphar. Potiphar, he was, it, realistically, uh, Potiphar was, was this, uh, a very rich man. He was sold into slavery. And at first you think that to be a bad thing, which it was. But then Joseph, being favored by God, becomes the head of the household. Sounds great, right? Awesome. What happens next? Was living in a strange county far away from home, and then was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. As he's second in command, Potiphar's wife was, was checking him out and was like, you know, she realistically was just saying, she grabbed him by the arms and said, come lie with me. Now, all of you youth, listen to this, because this is the best advice I can give you, is as Joseph literally took his arms out of the coat and ran away. Okay? What left the coat there? Okay? Literally got out of the coat and then ran away. So if, if, youth, if you ever call me and you're like, I'm in trouble, I'm just going to say run. Stop the car and run. The idea is, though, is he ran away, but he was accused and arrested for, because she told Potiphar, her husband, that he had raped her. 
He had raped her. That's what she said. And so he's thrown into prison. And then after he was thrown into prison, he was forgotten by the chief cupbearer. And if you guys don't know the entire story, as he's in prison, the cupbearer and the baker, some of the king's um, staff, were in prison as well for whatever the case is. Um, And they both have a dream. And they tell the dream to Joseph. And Joseph says to the baker, I'm sorry, but you're, you're, you're dead. You're going to die. Okay? But he says to the cupbearer, he goes, guess what? It, in this amount of time, you're going to be put back into the king's service. But all I ask for you to do is just remember me. When you're back in the king's service, remember who I am and remember this moment. Well, that didn't happen. So what happened? He remained in prison for two years longer before the cupbearer finally remembered what Joseph did. It came to the fact of when, at that time, Pharaoh had another dream, and here's all his magicians and everything, and they couldn't figure out what the dream meant. The cupbearer just ended up being there and finally remembered Joseph and said, hey, I know somebody who can tell you what your dream means. He went through all these different struggles. I don't know about you, but after probably one or two of those things, you want to give up, don't you? And sometimes that's, that's where we're at. We, get, we have something pop up and it's like, well, there goes that. There goes that dream. A lot of the time it happens financially, doesn't it? It's like, well, I want to do this, this, and this. And all of a sudden, you know how it is. You get that big bill or something medical happens or something like that. It's like, well, there goes that. And I don't know about you, but I, you know, I'd, be like, I'd be saying to God, I'd be like, come on, man. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've done everything you've told me to do. I've done what you've told me to do. And and every time things seem to be going the right way, a wrench is thrown into the mix. Joseph had twice as many struggles as he had positive moments during this time of his life. The question is, is what are you going to do when the struggles come up, when the give up moments come along? What are you going to do? Either you're, you're going through one right now, or I have, I have bad news for you. Either you're going through it right now, or it's coming. Because that's the way life is. When you're a believer in Christ, not everything just disappears. You know, if you read the sower and the seed, we all think of where it talks about the good ground, where it, you know, it's 30, 60, or 100 fold that we see, but we forget about what happens to the other grounds. Some of them... They took the word. They were excited about the word. And then what happened? The weeds choked them out or the sun scorched them. And sometimes that's what happens is that something comes along and it just says, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up on what God was calling me to do because obviously that's, I must have it wrong. James chapter 1, verse 2. I know these aren't fun scriptures, but it tells you. It says, My brother, encounter all joy when you fall into various trials. Not the scripture I want to hear. Okay? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So what he's saying is, is, well, you're going to go through trials, so you might as well count it all joy. Or we can look at Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces what? Perseverance or otherwise patience. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. We're going to go through tough times, guys, in our lives. It's going to happen, but we can't give up. 
I am just Isaac. There's nothing special about me. Every time I go through struggles, I feel like I want to give up too. Every time. But I pray that you hear me this morning that just because you go through struggles doesn't mean that God's vision for your life has ever changed. He has something special for you. He has a purpose set for you. Some of you may be asking, how, how do you not give up? Even though Joseph had these struggles, he found favor with God and he knew God was there with him. That's the key. Guys, life is full of mountains and valleys. It just is. And even if you feel like you're always in a valley, if you don't give up on what God has given you, I promise this, you will find favor in his eyes and you won't stay in the valley. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and everybody say it. We know, so guess what that means? We actually have to know, and I don't think some of us do know, that what? You guys aren't very loud this morning. Let's try that again. That things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called to us according to purpose. The problem is, is that sometimes we don't know. That's just the truth. Sometimes we forget this when we're going through the struggles through life. We don't always remember that it says that all things work together for good. All things. That means even the things that you're going through, the struggles that you're going through, guess what? That's part of those all things. That it would work together for good to those who love God. That you would find favor with God. The rest of the verse is good, but means nothing if you don't know this to be true. Those two words we know is so powerful. In all things, that means good or bad, struggles or triumphs, we know that, it, that in the good or bad, that God is at work. And that's what it means. He's at work even during the bad times or the struggles that you're going through. Who are called according to his purpose. And guess what, guys? Who's called according to his purpose? Every single one of you. God has a purpose for every single one of you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 90 or whether you're 5. God has called you to a purpose. In fact, he called you to a purpose before you were even born. That's, that's in the Bible, guys. That's not coming from me. <laughs> you always know when they come back from youth camp. It's a good thing. No, it's a good thing. Praise God. It's... It's so true, though, guys. You all are called to a purpose, every single one of you. It may be heading in the wrong direction right now, but I want to remind you to get your eyes fixed on the fact that God is still at work in your life, even during those struggles. My last point is don't give up when it takes a long time to realize it. This is true for all of us, isn't it? I always find it funny, so I... I have some young, um, I've had some young ladies that used to work for me when I was a manager for a credit card company. And it was always funny because they'd be talking and they'd be like, oh, I've been praying, you know, for God to give me a, a guy in my life. You know, he has, he would have a great job. You know, he looks good. You know, he's slender. He, he doesn't live at home. You know, all these great things. And then all of a sudden, six months later, they're just like, God, give me a man. Um, job is optional now. Uh, 
But sometimes that's in our mentality is, is that it, sometimes it takes a while. And we can't give up even if it takes a long time to realize the vision that God's given us. Do you really think that Joseph really completely understood his vision or dream? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if you actually look, it, I, I, didn't, you know, I didn't put all the scriptures there, but Joseph never answered. He never answered his father or his brothers. Because I, I don't think he actually knew specifically what that meant. And sometimes it takes us a long time to realize it. 23 years it took for Joseph from the time he was 17 until he was 40. Now he's the second in command in Egypt, but it took 23 years, guys. 23 years. If we look at Habakkuk, I know there's actually a book in the Bible named Habakkuk. I don't think most of you guys have probably read it. but <laughs> It says, and then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. He's saying, write your vision. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. And then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters. The idea of the matter is, is, is that what he's saying is, is, guess what? It's going to happen slowly. It's going to come slowly. Because God's patient. I know most of us aren't, but God's patient. What he's saying is, is you can't give up just because it doesn't happen like this. Sometimes we get this microwave mentality. I, I think to myself, if you look at Abraham, here Abraham, he's told by God, he's like, I'm going to give you a son. So Abraham goes into his tent. It actually says he goes into his tent because God calls him out of his tent. Because Abraham's like, you know, they're thinking, oh, next month we'll have a kid. Month after that, oh, well, it didn't happen last month, so it's got to be next month. You know, they're getting excited to have this kid, and time after time, still not pregnant. Still waiting for that child that God's called us to. And so he's actually complaining to God. He's like, God, what, what happened? You said this. God actually told him, he goes, leave your tent and look up into the heavens. He says, try to count the stars if you can. And he goes, that's what you're going to have. That's how many descendants you're going to have. See, sometimes we get into this mentality. We see the vision that God's given us, and we think to ourselves this one little thing. Abraham's mindset is set on one son when God's plan was to make nations out of him. That's what God has a purpose for us. We just have to get out of our mindset to get, that we get stuck on the fact of the one little thing when God's plan for us is way bigger than any plan that you can plan. Even when you think things are going great, when you are in charge, guess what? He's got something better. What he's saying is, is again, it's, it's not going to happen right away. It will come, and it comes right on time. God is always perfect. And when it comes, it's right on time. God is patient. We just need to be patient. I know nobody wants to hear this, but I get to say it because Pastor Charlie's not here, and Patience is a swear word to him, but uh, this is a promise. It's a promise. As long as you don't give up, God is there for you. God will make sure that as long as you're patient and listen to, you don't give up because of how long it's been, it's going to be fulfilled. That's what he's saying. 
no matter how long it is, because I've, I've given you this promise, it's going to be fulfilled. So let me give you some words of encouragement this morning before we go on how we can get from where we are now to where God has purposed us to be. Number one, focus on what happens in you and not to you. Since God is working character inside of us, guess what? That means you have a role in how fast this goes, depending on how fast you learn. It's the truth. So we don't focus on what is happening to us, but we focus on what's happening inside of us, the character that God's giving us. Some of us, some of us are praying, God, make this go away. And God is like, I didn't do this to you. God didn't throw Joseph into prison. God didn't sell Joseph into slavery. He didn't do any of these things. But guess what he is saying? He's like, I didn't do this to you, but I'm using this to develop something in you. He's developing character inside of us. Think about Joseph. He would have never been prepared to be second in command in Egypt at the age of 17. When God gave him that vision at the age of 17, he wasn't ready for it. He wasn't even probably ready for it even even when he was second in, you know, in charge of the house of Potiphar. Probably wasn't even ready for that. And he, and, and he was only ready after he came out of prison. But all those things God used to get him ready to become second in command in Egypt. God did not put him into these issues. However, God used the issues to build up in him the man that he became. So instead of praying, God, take this away from me, maybe we should be praying, God, what do you want me to learn during this time? As I said earlier, guys, you're going to go through trials and tribulations, but it's an opportunity to learn. Nobody wants to hear that. I understand. But it's the truth. It's an opportunity to learn. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can never learn if you succeed the first time? The mentality is, is through struggles or what seems like failures, if you have the right mindset, you can learn and become more successful because the character that was built in you, not to give up during the tough times. It makes success so much sweeter, doesn't it? Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 6-7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of God. I love this scripture because if you, if you know what makes pure gold, what happens is they melt it to a certain heat. And all the impurities, they rise up to the top. All the impurities rise up to the top. And they skim off the impurities so that you're left with pure gold. And sometimes that's what happens is, is when we're going through those times, those trials and those tests in our lives, all that's happening is it's bringing up all those impurities so that he can create into us the character he, made, he meant for us in the first place so that we can see the vision actually happen. So it becomes pure gold. Whatever God makes is perfect, guys. The vision he gave to you guys is perfect. So to have that happen means the impurities have to go away. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 3, it says, My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your, of your faith produces, everybody's favorite word, patience. It produces patience. How does it start? Again, always joyful. Joyful. So focus on what's going on in you and not focus on what's happening to you. Number two. Your response to offense will determine your future. 
Joseph now has the opportunity to get his brothers back. He could have had them killed right there and then. Some people would say he had every right to even hate them, but he didn't. Honestly, some of us get derailed by the offense of people thinking, well, I'll I'll get them back someday. I'll show them. But hear me this morning, it's just not worth it. I want you guys to write this down. Resentment will destroy your dream. I'm telling you now, just like unforgiveness, resentment will destroy your dream. When Joseph told his brothers who he said he was, they, they actually even said to him, don't kill us. Don't kill us. And Joseph says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. He saved hundreds of thousands of people. He saved the entire country of Egypt and the countries around him because of, of, of where he was and his plan. Let me encourage you this morning. Don't let hate and resentment destroy your dream this morning. Travel light, forgive, releases the weight on your shoulders. Last one. Every dream has tough times, but remember God is with you. You need to have faith in this, that God is with you even during the tough times. Some of you are going through a tough time even today, and I just want to encourage you, he's with you right now. You may not feel that way, but he's there. I just want to give you a couple scriptures this morning. Psalms 139, verse 8 through 10, it says, If I ascend into the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Or Psalms 46.1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present, meaning he's there, help in a time of trouble. Or Isaiah 43, 2-3, it says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. In Jeremiah 1.8, it says, Do not be afraid of, of their faces for... What? I'm with you. And then finally, Jeremiah 119. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For what? I am with you. Even during times of trouble, God has never left us. Even when it feels that way. I know sometimes we feel that way, right? That God's not there with us during those times that we're struggling through. But guess what? He's there waiting right there with you. He has something special for you. He's not forsaking you. All we have to remember is to get from where he's, where we're at now to where he's calling us to do. Be, it, it, it's just to rem- the most important part of that is to remember he has a purpose for you. He has a vision for you. All these points mean nothing if you don't remember that. If you don't remember that God actually has something special for you, none of this else matters. All we have to do now is walk the path. As Pastor Charlie says, it's, it's just a book that's already been written. The thing is, is do we add more chapters to it to reach the end, or, do, or are we just going to follow with what God's already planned for our lives? That's up to you. So if you all bow your heads, close your eyes.
Even this morning, I, I feel like part of the reason maybe God has placed this in my heart this morning, it, it, even though it's good for me, I, I, I just feel this morning that I'm not the only one that's even uh, struggling maybe through you know the last the couple months or whatever the case is. I know some of you this morning are, are maybe going through the struggles. Or maybe you feel like nobody's been there to support you. Maybe you feel like, God, it's been, it's been 10, 15 years and you gave me this vision and, and it still hasn't occurred. God's still, he's here right now. He's speaking to you even right now, saying, I understand all this. I understand what you're going through, but I'm here with you. I have something special for you. I love you. I'm your father. And I promise you today that the vision that I gave you, it will be fulfilled. I never want to leave here uh, in the mor- this morning without giving the opportunity. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never said, you know what? God, my life is going to be yours. Maybe you don't know what your purpose or your vision is because you've never given your life to him. Maybe you've set your own plans in place. Maybe you've made up your own vision and goals in your life without allowing God to put into it. And I'm telling you now, what he has so greatly overcomes the things that you have for your own life. It would blow every thought or process out of the water. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm just going to ask you just to do one step of faith. It takes one step of faith. All I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand and put it back down. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Amen. We're all believers here this morning. But I'm going to ask you, even before we take communion, if any of you have ever felt this, if any of you, or, or you're going through it right now, let me say it that way. If any of you feel right now that, you know what, I'm about ready to give up because the people around me, they haven't supported me. I'm about ready to give up because of how long it's taken. I'm about ready to give up because of the struggles that I'm going through right now. I'm just going to ask you just real quickly, like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you, but I just want to pray for you. That's all I want through this week. If anybody's going through that right now, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, anybody at all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands throughout. Thank you. Father, I thank you for those hands that were raised, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to them. That you'd give them peace during this time, Lord. That you would uh, bring, keep giving the vision back to them, Lord. Let it be something that just fills them up with excitement, Lord. That they would just, even though maybe the things that are coming against them and coming against them, Lord, that they would remember that you are able to overcome all those things, Lord God. That you are stronger and mightier than anything that comes against them. No matter whether it be person or whether it be the struggles or whether, no matter even what the struggles are, whether they be financially, physically, spiritually, relationally, Lord, you can overcome every single one of those things that you would see good happen into their life. Even here today, with it being Father's Day, Lord, you are a true father. You don't want to see us fail. You don't want to see us hurt. You don't want to see us struggling. Everything that you that we go through, Lord, you do it, you have good for us, Lord. Everything that's meant for evil, as we read with Joseph, Lord, you bring about the good, Lord God. 
I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hopefully-